Is it crazy to be thinking about opening a bookstore? Sophie, no crazier than talking about it your whole life and never doing it. Conversation with my daughter four and a half years ago. Welcome to Bookish, a literary podcast. I'm Paul, and today's episode, while indeed bookish, is a little different than we usually do here. Today, I'll be rambling, ruminating, and reminiscing about the crazy leap I took in starting a bookstore, The Last Word, which opened four years ago today. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, You've heard me mention owning a bookstore for a glorious year. You also know, or at least reasonably surmised, that the store did not survive. This happens with a lot of new indie businesses in the first five years, not just bookstores, but that doesn't lessen the sense of loss. I'll admit that I struggled for a long time after the store closed. Even worse was the fact that I lost my sister less than a year after it closed. One of the great things about it was that I was able to see her a lot while the store was open because she had an art studio in the back. The store's demise in retrospect was a perfect storm of both foreseeable and unforeseeable factors. I should have known that loving books and having 20 years of management experience doesn't necessarily mean you're prepared to run an indie bookstore, especially if liquidity is an issue going in. It also doesn't help that while my town has a solid community of avid readers and book buyers who are beyond supportive, that community was far smaller than the one that's large enough to support a brewery on every corner. And perhaps, perhaps, I was too much of a snob, openly mocking authors like Nicholas Sparks, books like Twilight, and genres like Amish Romance, which are bad, but they sell. In any case, this episode of the anniversary of The Last Word is not intended to bum you out, because I've come to terms with it in a surprising way, which I'll explain shortly. First, let's talk about some good things that happened, and there were a lot. First and foremost, I owned a bookstore. Along with writing a novel and working as a roadie for Bruce Springsteen, it was one of the three goals I've had since I was 10 years old. I can check two of those off while I wait patiently for Bruce to call. Secondly, I got to name my store after the fictional bookstore in my Last Word series. Since I've also put some events from that year into subsequent Last Word stories, see the chapter entitled Sal's Really Bad Day in the novel Booktown for a near verbatim account of a day I had, I've also had the surreal experience of life imitating art, imitating life. And yes, I use the term art loosely. I got to experience the insanity of poetry night, which I recommend for just about everybody. We had a talk like a pirate night, complete with grog. We hosted local authors, and I got retweeted by Neil Gaiman when I complained that I couldn't get enough copies of his book, Norse Mythology. 
I got to recommend books to total strangers who ultimately became friends. It'll shock none of you that the best-selling book in the store was The Shadow of the Wind and that our first book club was Hemingway-themed. What I didn't expect was the amount I learned about books from my customer friends. They recommended almost as many books to me as I did to them. I got to watch my sister paint almost every day. Got caught doing the time warp in an empty store one day because I forgot that the UPS guy was delivering books. And I had the only job that I never considered work. My now son-in-law proposed to my daughter in that store. And for a year, I had the greatest clubhouse ever. I also did something every one of you book lovers should do in your own home or business. When I was painting the walls before opening, I wrote, quote, every book has a soul, end quote, from the shadow of the wind, on every wall in the place in permanent marker, and then put four coats of paint over it. I heard from the next guy to move into the space that he simply put two coats over mine. That means unless a future tenant strips the paint down to the sheetrock, Zafon's immortal words will always be there. Good juju indeed. Now I said earlier that I had come to terms with the brief life of the store. Here's what I mean. If you told me that I would have to give up nearly everything, except my kids, suffer financially, all that blah blah blah, but that for one year I could tour with Bruce and the band, or for one season I could play goalkeeper for Arsenal, or have a year-long, torrid yet doomed affair with Kate Beckinsale, I'd sign up for that without a second thought. I realize it's the same with that store. Sometimes things don't last, but that doesn't mean they were time wasted. Swing for the fences, my friends. We only go around once. Now I've had people ask me if I'd do it all again, knowing how it would turn out. Today I can finally say without hesitation, absolutely, and I just may again. By the way, if you'd like to see a few images from the old store, check out the bookish Facebook page. I posted a couple today. We'll be back to normal bookish topics next time. Have a great day, my friends. Hug your indie booksellers and keep on reading. for listening to today's episode of Bookish. I hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to keep episodes like this coming, I'd also like you to consider supporting us by clicking the support this podcast link on the anchor site. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can keep episodes like this coming and also help us get to the point where we're completely ad-free. Thanks again.